standard issue for all women. Oh hey Smashers, Mickey Noonan here and welcome to the Sunday Chops. I am recording this intro in my office slash spare room slash storage cupboard and usually I'd shut the window to make it sound all professional-like. But I'm not gonna, because even in the frozen north, the heat is on and just two minutes in an unventilated room will leave me with a sort of underboob bra swamp that attracts tadpoles and alligators and I'm not really up for that. I, I don't even really have tits. Basically, apologies if you can hear traffic getting stuck in tarmac and children melting in the background. This week's chops is a particularly serious subject and one very close to our hearts. The murder of Anne Searle at the hands of her husband Stephen has been all over the news. And seriously, if you want to be chilled to the bone, have a listen to his phone call to the police when he reported that he had killed his wife. Moreover, some of the reporting in the media has been appalling, minimising violence against women. And this is not a new phenomenon when it comes to media coverage of domestic homicide. I was lucky enough to get Katie Ghosh, Chief Executive of Women's Aid, on the phone to talk about what needs to be done, the severe threat to women's refuges, the forthcoming domestic violence bill and what we can all do to help. Since I chatted with Katie, New Zealand has passed legislation granting victims of domestic violence 10 days paid leave in order to allow them to leave their partners, find new homes and protect themselves and their children. This is a huge win, not only for the many, many women who need help, but also in breaking the silence that so often surrounds domestic violence. Also, UK government, if you're listening... As ever, please check out all the other chops, podzines and gigcasts we have made for you. And if you've got a couple of minutes spare to rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe and or tell a pal to give us a listen, all of those excellent ideas are super appreciated. Ta! Oh, actually, one last thing before we get to my chat with Katie. We're very aware that domestic violence and domestic homicide also has male victims. And that violence and those needless deaths are appalling. But this piece is unapologetically focused on violence against women. Thanks. Hello, I am joined on the phone by Women's Aid Chief Executive Katie Goge. Hello, Katie. Hello. Thanks so much for chatting to us. Oh, it's a pleasure. So the reason that we're hooking this onto is that on December the 30th, 2017, Stephen Searle murdered his wife, Anne, and it's very much been in the newspapers. It has, and we protested about some of the coverage of the reporting time and again, we hear journalists describe incidents where a woman has been killed by a man as an isolated incident or a momentary loss of control. And we know that's not the case. These aren't isolated incidents. There are many similarities. And there's a repeated pattern of men's violence against women where men are taking control, the ultimate form of control, by killing a partner or ex-partner. There was a BBC report which spoke to Stephen Searle's friend, Bill Mountford, and he basically said, oh, he's a decent guy, these things happen. We were horrified by that, and we protested about it, and I'm glad to say that the BBC changed the article headline. It's really important that the testimony, the, the, the voices, the whole story of the victim and the voices of their friends and family heard, and it's also really important that they are not just things that happen, they are deliberate acts of killing. Media reporting matters, it should be sensitive and it should do justice to the victims and it shouldn't be giving a wholehearted platform to anybody to suggest that there's some sort of equality in the relationship or that it's anything 
other than a, a, a killing. A lot of the time, there seems to be excuses made for the man's motives, like, oh, you know, she teased him about the size of his penis, or she was having an affair, or he was having an affair, all to help minimise this is violence against women. There is minimising of the killing of women by men, there's normalising of it. Media reporting really matters. Luke and Ryan Hart are the surviving children of Claire Hart, who was murdered alongside her daughter Charlotte by her husband and by their father, Lance Hart. They've spoken up very courageously about their father and they pointed out that in the run-up to their father killing their mum, he actually read about reports online, searched up you know, how many men killed their wives. So... Domestic homicide reporting matters. We know that men in that situation will be influenced by that. And indeed, our whole society and our climate is influenced by the reporting of these crimes. Why do you think that domestic homicide and domestic violence is given the, it's all right, mate, we get you, treatment? It's partly because the dynamics of domestic abuse are still not well understood mm -hmm. across our society. We need much more understanding about the abuse of power and control, the coercive control that survivors of domestic abuse tell us is at the heart of an abusive relationship. Often when we read in the newspapers or we watch on television about the killing of a woman by a, a man, by a partner or a husband or an, an ex-partner, we're not hearing the full story, we're not hearing the context, we're not hearing about the weeks, months, years of abuse and control where that, that woman's self-esteem would have been chipped away at. Maybe mm. she's been isolated from friends and family. It's so important that we understand that history and the dynamics of domestic abuse. And I think it's the lack of awareness about what's really going on behind closed doors that perhaps is partly behind the bad and insensitive and appropriate reporting of these killings, of these murders. There's quite often a very passive language used around domestic violence and with rape as well. Women are raped by men, women are killed by men, women are beaten up by men, when actually it's, it's men rape women, men kill women, men beat up women. And there seems to be an onus put on the woman. That's not helpful, right? It's terrible. It's, it's completely yeah. unhelpful because it's not getting us nearer to a point where we can understand the patterns, understand the root causes of men's violence against women. We need to understand that in order to prevent the killing of women by men. Yeah. And you at Women's Aid are doing amazing work and you've done a lot of research. Could you tell us a little bit about the femicide census, please? Yes, so the Femicide Census is an incredible project. It was started by an activist called Karen Ingala-Smith. And woman. Women's Aid, we partner with Karen Ingala-Smith to do an annual report called the Femicide Census. In just one year, in 2016, we found that 113 women were killed by men in England, Wales and Northern Ireland. Nine in ten of the women killed by men were killed by someone they knew. Nine women were killed by a stranger and three quarters of all the women who were killed by men were killed in their own home. And that's such a powerful statistic for us to think about because all of us should feel safe in our own homes. And, and until we're able to all be safe in our own homes, that's why the life-saving work of refugees around the country is so important. Absolutely. That leads really neatly into the fact it's very hard to leave an abusive relationship anyway because as you mentioned earlier that chipping away of self-esteem that fear the fact that I think isn't it within a year of leaving that's when a lot of women are at most risk from their former partners 
it is a risky time. It is a dangerous time. We need much more understanding and awareness among the police and other agencies of how risky that period can be when you leave the relationship because that's when you're signalling perhaps you're going to get back in control of your life. And coming back to the media reporting, again, it's really important that killings of women by men aren't presented as a momentary loss of control and isolated incident. They will often come as a culmination, a final exercising of your control over another human being. And that's, again, where the language really matters. And we want to see much more awareness and understanding that it can be a dangerous time for you in a relationship also a dangerous time for you coming out of the relationship. And we hear from women often who tell the police they're being stalked by an ex-partner, they're being harassed, and that's not always taken as seriously as it should do. And in some of the worst cases, the police have been alerted, nothing's been done, and the woman has gone on to be killed by her ex-partner. And the police are excellent. They give a really good response. They understand that being stalked and harassed online should be treated every bit as seriously as in-person abuse. But sometimes they completely fail to spot the warning signs. Sometimes they fail to listen to the woman who's alerting them to the, 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 the harassment that she's facing. Sometimes we've seen situations where an ex-boyfriend or husband is leaving flowers, coming to the door, wanting to see the woman. And those are danger signs, actually. They're not, they're not signs of love. It's not romantic to be forcing yourself on somebody in any way. And it's understanding some of those warning signs. And that's where, when we see a very good response by the police, it can be literally life-saving. And when we see a bad response, it can be very dangerous for the woman. And of course, if she has spoken up and got in touch with the police and had a bad response, she's going to think twice about going back for help in the future. Getting that sort of protection is getting trickier, isn't it? Because funding for refuges is under severe threat at the moment. Demand already outstrips supply. In England on one day alone last year, 94 women and 90 children were turned away from refuge. It is a very difficult situation. We need to get to a point where every woman is safe in her own home. But until we get to that point, refuges provide a life-saving service. And they are the starting point for a woman to be able to recover her independence and to move on from an abusive relationship and lead the life free from fear and free from abuse that all of us should be able to have. I think it's in consultation at the moment, but the domestic violence bill. Can I ask what your thoughts are on that, please? It seems to be very much focused on the criminals and not so much social support for survivors or women trying to leave those relationships? That's right. We really welcome the fact that the government's putting the spotlight on domestic abuse. They're going to be bringing forward a new law. There are some promising measures in there that are going to toughen up the criminal justice system that could make a difference. But to make a real difference and to transform the lives of survivors of domestic abuse, we need action taken in housing and in health right across the public services. Many, if not most, women will never go to the police. They will want to turn to others in their search for help. And that's why we're also saying to the government, law matters, but we have to get that practical support, well-resourced in every town and village and city around the country. The police often say to us to do their job, to give a response when they're called out to a household where there's an abusive relationship. They then need somebody to point the woman in the direction of. They need a local 
a friendly face for her to get the support from. So we need to work together on this. And that's why it's really important that the government stumps up the resources for that life-saving support, as well as changing the law. Has Women's Aid been in consultation with the government on the bill? We are feeding in all of our ideas and yeah. all our insights and practical ideas from our 180 members across the country who really know what they're talking about. They are providing a lifeline every day of the year to survivors of domestic abuse. So we hope that the government will step up its ambitions for the law, but crucially also make sure that that national network of refuges is going to be there for every survivor of domestic abuse now and in the future. Katie you're so articulate and calm and I'm just sat here thinking how is this woman not just angrily opening and shutting your mouth at a lot of what goes on? There's so much to be done and domestic abuse is coming out of the shadows and we can all play our part. Perhaps you're worried about a sister or your mum or a friend and we can all do our bit by being that listening ear for somebody who's worried about their relationship perhaps help them to spot the warning signs and to get help what are the warning signs that we should be looking out for to do with friends and family and even like women who might be in those relationships financial abuse can be a sign sometimes financial abuse so that's taking over control of your partner's wages um perhaps controlling every bit of their spending, not letting them make any decisions about spending themselves, taking over control of their bank account, maybe uh, racking up debt in their name can be warning signs of financial abuse. What we also often see is somebody having their independence chips away at, so it's not being allowed to see their friends and family, becoming very isolated is another warning sign as well. And something called gaslighting is, is we're getting more awareness of that now. And that's a really horrible form of emotional abuse, maybe even casting doubt, that, suggesting that they've got mental health problems when they don't. Maybe they should go with you, the partner to, to a doctor is a form of gaslighting. So gaslighting is a form of emotional abuse, which in the worst situations leads the victim to doubt their own sanity is something to look out for as well. And on a more general scale, what can we do to help Women's Aid? Well, there's all kinds of things you can do to help. Find out more on our website, which is womensaid.org.uk. And that will also give you information about where you can make a donation as well. There are so many women and children that we want to make a difference to. We know that many children are living in a household where there's an abusive relationship. So getting involved, spreading the word about the work we do, doing your own bit by talking about these issues, breaking the silence and make it possible for survivors of abusive relationships to talk about their experiences and to get help. Find out about your local specialist services so that if somebody does need help, you know exactly where to point them to. And a donation can make a real difference. We really are in the business of saving lives. Thank you, Katie. And thank you so much for your amazing work. Thank you very much.